Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome to the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 230. This time around, you are joined by a filmmaker and a dreamer who continually pushes the limits of cinema and storytelling to create startling new experiences. The wonderful Timur Bekmambatov. At time of release, his new thriller profile is in theaters now. It is a terrifying journey, told to the computer screen of a journalist infiltrating a terrorist recruitment channel. Learn about the unique way he brought it to life and hear about the creation of what he calls Screen Life, under which he's produced movies like The Unfriended series and 2018 Searching, where the horror and tension occurs in real time by putting you right inside the action. We'll get into his work on one of our personal all-time favorites, the stunning Tim Burton-produced insane masterpiece, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, living in Walt Disney's haunted house, and so much more. Get whisked away by the whimsy of Timur Bekmambatov on episode 230 right now. Tell me about you. You're beautiful. In the beginning, he would be testing the waters. He's a hunter. He wants to seduce me first. I love you! Only then will he give me a guide into the recruitment process. Come here. I'll give you everything you need. A whole new life. A very happy one. You have to believe me. It's paradise. You're brave. I admire in a man. Can I ask you what your job is? I don't want to talk about it over the internet. There's journalists everywhere. Journalists. And they've got no morals. The vultures, you know. Exactly. You're full of surprises, aren't you? Am I your type? Yeah, you're all hot. I don't want to do the fighting and the cooking. I'll go after you. Babe, is everything all right? I'm fine. If I want to come to Syria, what do I need to do? You make him feel happy right now. Are you falling in love with him? It's all just part of the recruitment process. Ah, uh, Baker. What's the training program like for converts like us? Hey, baby. What are you looking at? Nothing, I'm looking at you. You wouldn't lie to me, would you? Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy studio is one of the world's most exciting filmmakers, bar none. Remarkably ambitious, aggressively inventive. He made his feature film debut at 1994's Peshavar Waltz, winning handfuls of awards, including honoring him with Best Director. 2001 saw him working with the legendary Roger Corman on what became his entry into American cinema with the arena. He proved himself as a visionary and crafted experiences for us unlike anything we've ever seen before. Like 2004's Night Watch and its sequel Day Watch, 2008's Oscar-nominated Wanted with Angelina Jolie, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and countless others. Each redefining storytelling on screen with playful and inspired camera work, immersive attention to detail and aesthetic. He took that immersion to all new levels by putting us inside the movies with the entirely first-person action film Hardcore Henry and by being the pioneer of screen life, producing incredible award-winning tales that unfold in seemingly real-time on phones and computer screens, beginning with 2014's horror film Unfriended that spawned an awesome sequel with Dark Web and 2018's critical smash Searching. To date, he has won over 11 awards, produced over 55 films, and on May 14th, we get to venture inside the laptop of an undercover journalist 
as she infiltrates the recruitment channels of ISIS. It's a phenomenal and terrifying thriller adventure called Profile. We are honored to be joined by its writer and director, Timur Bekmambatov. Yes! Oh my God, that's such a great presentation. Is it me? (laughs) (laughs) It is a sincere honor. Thank you so much for joining us. We are tremendous fans of your work. Your approach to horror, we'll start, we'll start there. Your approach to horror is so damn next level. And we'll go back to Nightwatch even. You created with that an event film. It was the movie everybody had to see. It was edgy and gothic and inspired. So we're curious, what was your first experience seeing a horror movie as a kid? And how did they make you feel? You know, in Russia, we had a, in, I grew up in Soviet Union, like quite young. And it was the only one horror movie in Soviet Union. One, it calls V. And uh, it's a Gogol, Gogol, the Russian writer, wrote in the 19th century. It's unbelievable. It was only one horror movie. I, I, the, the second one in my life, it was Polanski Tenant when I saw it. But it, I was already 25. But until, until then, it was just only one movie. And it's a great movie. I recommend you to watch V from 1960 or something. You know, life is so horrible in the Soviet Union. You don't need horror movies to, to, to entertain you. It was very scary. Where do you find your creativity comes from and the drive to not only put things out into the world, but you have those things inspire change. You do things differently. What drives you? I like to entertain people. And I like to entertain myself first and entertain people. I like the process more than results. And it's very difficult for me to, to complete the, the movie every time because in the middle, I feel like already, it's already done and I need to, to start the new one. And I really like to collaborate. For me, the filmmaking is a great business just because you have a chance to be a friend to collaborate with the great people because I was lucky. I worked with uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Danny Elfman, and it's it's a just chance to to be friends with a lot of great people. And the result is not as important as a, as, a, as a process. You get the idea of that watching your films. It's fun watching you play. I remember I remember first time, and also especially because I'm I'm from Russia. And uh, as, as usual, we know the Russians are kind of crazy and it's forgiven for them to, to, to do that. And uh, I remember the first time uh, in Universal when we made Wanted, I came with an idea because I, I didn't have a fear because I didn't spend years to climb to, to get the, into the director's chair. And uh, I remember I, I, uh, it was a conversation with Donald Langley and I pitched the idea uh, of the rats. I said, oh, we will have a lot of rats and James McAvoy will feed them with explosive materials and uh, then he'll put the, like some <laughs> fancy, funny, like a, 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 a electronic watches <laughs> and we'll send them into the factory of uh, fraternity and they will explode. And they just look at me saying, he's, he's, he's sick or what, like or rats? Feed it with the explosive materials, and it's um, it was great. It was great uh, process. I, I I never had a fear. Maybe I'm just I'm a very unresponsible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what you are. 
Yeah. You're a dreamer and you share that a lot in common with people like Walt Disney. And a lot of people might not know that at one point you did live in Disney's L.A. home that was a part of his life from 1932 to 1950. Tell us about that. It just it just happened by by mistake. It just I don't know how it's happened. My my assistant, Katie, found this house because I, could, I couldn't find the house in, in L.A. Uh, because uh, somehow it's too big, somehow it's too fancy, and I don't know. Because to pick the house means to pick who you are. You need to say, I'm that big, or I'm that fancy. And suddenly she's called me and said, hey, you know, there's a Walt Disney house on market. And I said, that's great, because uh, I don't need to, it's not my house, it's his house, and I'm just, I never used, I never used the front door. I'm using kitchen, like a side door, side entrance. For 15 now for almost like 10, 15, 10 years. And this is a great place. And now I'm not there. And my friends live there when they're in LA. And sometimes when I'm there, I'm using it. This, oh, by the way, this house is a very lucky place because Screen Life began in this house. The first screening of Screen Life movie, Unfriended, happened in Disney screening room. No way! Wow. Yes. It was 2013 or something. And the first time when we shot, we, we first assembly, like a rough cut of the movie, was screened in this uh, tiny screening room on Disney screen with the projector on Disney screen. Oh, that is incredible. Do you wow, feel, do you cool. feel any of that Walt Disney energy being at the place? It's a scary place. It's a really scary place. Did anything haunted happen there? Yes, it uh, it's uh, rejected characters. You know, he he mouse on the screen, but maybe there's a many many mice or whatever animals <laughs> were infected, and they live in this house, and they are torturing. They are like a very angry because jealous, jealous and and, and scary. And I have a story, and I have a script. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. The rejected ideas of Walt Disney. That's amazing. (laughs) I want to, before we go to talk about profile too, I I just got to talk about a little bit 2012's Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, because we think it's one of the most beautiful and cool vampire movies ever made. And we believe it's well worth rediscovering. It's visual language is stunning. The script is gorgeous. What did that film mean to you? It was strange because I was dealing with the icon, and I I didn't grab uh, with the, with his picture on the wall, and I and it was a kind of strange feeling. I had a strange feeling because it was very entertaining, and a playful script, and uh, at the same time we were dealing with a with a very important personality, and uh, and I was I mean it, it was it was challenging for me like. To find the balance where I can make fun of it or where I should be serious. And there's a, like a lot of serious people were around me trying to protect the national uh, symbol. And I gave him the axe with uh, he was swinging axe and cutting vampires' heads. And uh, it, was a, it was a journey for me. It was a journey. And I learned a lot about America and about American mentality and the making this movie i love that movie so much and the props 
in it were amazing. Like the most amazing I've ever seen in a film. Like the axe. Did you keep any of those props? Yes, I did. Yes, I have. It. It's in Disney House, protected on the wall next to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have it. If you want, I will. I, I have few. I can give you. Oh wow! Wow, oh that would gosh. that would be incredible. You put on the wall behind you. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Oh my man. gosh! I'd be honored. Talking about that, the visual language of the film. The twirling axe going into cursive writing or the vampires telling a story and they become matte paintings and that come to life. It's incredible. And that, that visual style that you have, is that part of your just the, the love of the process? Do you just labor over all that stuff and go back and think of new creative ways to just tell the stories? Yeah, just to entertain myself. Obviously, I'm trying to do something just fresh, something I, I don't know how to make. And for example, a few months ago, we, we made a movie uh, in Russia during pandemia, and uh, there was no chance to, uh, to make it uh, in physical space. And we shot entire, entire action, like 30 minutes of, of the movie in, in, in the game, inside the game. We used computer game. It's, it's a movie about the pilots, about the dogfights during World War II. And we shot the like, 30 minutes of the movie in the game where the actors were flying with the gamers on the on the planes and uh and cameramans were flying too because there was a chance to shoot the the events from another plane with a virtual cameras of course and the whole and the whole big action sequence was shot in the game and it looks very real because you know because cameraman doesn't know what's happening because it's the chaos of the fight and uh, and there was a, it was also it was we were forced to do it because there was a, no way to shoot it in physical space and we shot it in the game. Oh, that's fascinating! I love it. The Boo Crew will be right back. From the author of Psycho comes the ultimate in sheer bone-chilling horror: the house that dripped blood, 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 blood. <laughs> Terror waits for you in every room in the house that dripped blood. Climb its creaking stairs. Walk down its dark and chilling corridors where untold horrors wait at every turn. The house that dripped blood. A madman lurking on the staircase. A severed head in the closet. Coffins in the cellar. Vampires, vixens, and victims. <coughs> You'll find them all in The House That Dripped Blood, in color from the Cinerama Releasing Corporation. Rated GP, all ages, parental guidance. Tell us about developing Screen Life, 2014's Unfriended, the first Screen Life film. Where did the idea come from and how hard was it to develop the technology to execute it? I discovered a few months ago that first Screen Life sequence, I shot in 2003 in Nightwatch. In Nightwatch and in Daywatch, there's two big scenes where Anton, the, the, the lead, 
the, the, the character investigating and trying to find the, the, the dark ones, the other ones, in the in internet. There is a special website I created where the, all this mystical world was placed. And I shot it, and I forgot about it. And then, like, a few months ago, during the interview, I just remembered that this was a whole screen live piece was done. It's because since 80s, for me, like, doesn't matter what it is, like Bruce Willis or Tom Cruise movie, they like, they, like action, big action movie with airplanes, car chases. And there is sometimes, there is a, then there is a moment when the character in the room, front of computer, trying to crack the code and get some information. You, you, you know, this kind of scenes. And it was most exciting scene for me in every movie. I just was absolutely mesmerized by like this moments when characters trying to, to decode something, to download files, and it's just ticking, like downloading, downloading. There's a fighting and he's trying. And this is a moment where very, very, like when I see computer screen, I was very involved. And, 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 it's, uh, and probably this is a process. First, I was really uh, in love with this, all this uh, matrix and the digital life. Uh, and then I made a like, Nightwatch and I was trying to use it. Then I made a Russian movie called Yolki. There was a whole like 20 minutes was in, in, in screen life. And then in uh, 2012, making Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, I had an assistant, Nelson Greaves, and I asked him, Nelson, let's just make the whole movie on computer screen. Please figure out the write some story. And he brought me the story about these four, five, like a, the friends and uh, classmates, and there's a ghost appeared suddenly online, and they were like freaked out. And, and I said, oh, this is great. Let's make it. And we spent like, I mean, like $50,000, maybe five days to shoot this four young actors in, in, in one big house. And then, uh, and then we cut it and uh, screened in Disney House. Uh, it was for like friends and family screening, and uh, and I and I and I understood that we got something really, really new, that really important for the world of filmmaking because we spend so much time in digital space. We have so many important events of our life happening not in physical space anymore. And uh, in all, like uh, all my uh, like uh, favorite scenes with the uh, or Ilyana Shuler scenes with the, with the, with the people in masks with the guns robbing bank, it's a retro. It doesn't exist anymore because it, it has no sense anymore because there is no money in the bank. It just uh, it just uh, has no sense because today in today's world, the robbing bank means the young boy sitting in the cafeteria with the iPhone and tracking the code. We are saying I love you today by typing or by sending like emojis or we expressing ourselves in digital space. And there is no way to tell a story about our life, what we're dreaming about, what we're afraid of, without showing our screens. And I understood it like six, yet eight years ago, maybe. And now we made like 10 movies of this kind. And, I, and we have uh, 20 filmmakers developing this language in Liverpool and India. We're producing movies in South Korea, in America. And, uh, and I hope more and more people will, will dig it, will understand 
that this is a this is a new reality we live in now, and we should investigate. We should learn. We should understand ourselves. Let's get into profile too, Leo. You kick it off with your question, man. In researching for this film, you actually met with the real life French reporter that Valine's character Amy is based on. How close to the real story is the film? I met her. It's very, it's very important. She was so kind to show me the real screens because I, before I made the, my own movie, my own version of it, she gave me a chance to see the real screen grabs of her conversations with, with, with the guy. And it was so scary. And I remember it, and I made the whole movie because I saw this the real screens. And also, you know, it's very strange. I know her. I know her for three years now, more than three years, five years. And Anna Terrell, but I know that she's not Anna. <laughs> we are friends, and uh, we're sending messages to each other every, I don't know, few months. And, uh, and I know that she's not Anna. It's weird. It's like the same thing. Like for me, I don't know if you remember the West Berlin, you know, like some kind of strange things in the world exist. Like West Berlin, there was a piece of the world inside the other world. Well, like, uh, like Jerusalem is just another example of weirdness. And, and Anna Rail, which is not Anna, my friend, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to ask her what's your real name. And she was, she was very supportive. And I remember, you know, these kind of movies, uh, when it's a real character behind it, I presented her the movie. It was in Paris, in small theater, secret. Somebody booked the theater, and I didn't know who it was. And, and I met her, presented the movie, and then she, she said, thank you, and she left. And I think, oh, my God, she, didn't, she, she probably she doesn't like it. And then I got a message from her, how you got into my mind. Of course, it's based on the book. It's, of course, she supported me a lot. But in any case, there was a lot of stuff. It was my imagination. My and Olga, my, my writing partner and producer partner. And, and we invented it. And uh, we were like a lot of stuff. For example, like a big story about the cats, like, 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 like these terrorists, they, were, they like cats somehow. <laughs> like a pet, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and it was in, in the internet. We, we researched a lot and we found a lot of interesting, like Zilla, Nutella, for example. There are small details. You cannot invent. You, you can only research. The real life is much more provocative and uh, surprising than our imagination. I think it was it was unique project for me because we used a lot from internet, from researchers. Like this whole thing about 26 days procedure. You know, they had a 26 days procedure how to recruit the person. And it's real. It's, it's an internet. It's like tutorial. You can find it. And Olga probably she's because she was mostly like a person who was she was a researcher and probably she's on every list of NSA or FBI I don't know because she was constantly googling like a terrorist uh, <laughs> rules and and probably she was in the list. Did rehearsals happen in person or was it done over the internet like how the movie shot? It was a lot over in over the internet, and the casting was already was done. With I never met uh, Valine and Shazad during the casting, and then I I met them only in London, and we did rehearse like there was a week of rehearsal because every day we shot fifteen pages like that because it was like mostly more like a 
almost like a theater, you know, when they they improvised, it was like whole scenes were like whole big pieces of the movie were rehearsed and uh, discussed and uh, and they played it. Yeah, in the movie, Abu and, and Amy have very natural conversations. They're, they have very good chemistry together. How much of the conversations came from the script and how much was improvised? Do you know what? I think there is a lot was in the script, like, I don't know, 90%. But they somehow, they, they were so organic in front of the camera that uh, it doesn't look like it's scripted. It looks like it's a real conversation because, because there's a chemistry between them and because, uh, I don't know, it's surprising. Now, watching the movie, I don't remember me writing this. It just, it just happened on the day. It feels so real. And also, yeah. what, one of the greatest, coolest things is watching how you play with tension. She's got so many windows open on her screen, and you're just waiting for her to click the wrong one. That alone keeps yeah. you on, like, yeah. you, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? It drives yeah. us crazy. It's crazy. T- tell yeah. us about, like, using those things to build tension. It's just the process of understanding myself. I was trying to remember what I, how I use internet, what I do every day. Like, what's my fears? Like, uh, I cannot remember password. And it's horrible because, like, it's. I remember this, and every time, uh, every time when audience see this moment where the, somebody is trying to to remember password, and then you know, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are laughing, like <laughs> because they and they they had this experience. Or sometimes when you uh, you cannot find the file, you know, like you you remember the folder, but you don't remember which one, and you can like all the small things makes it very relatable it was a, the, the the method we used to put the story like a like narrative thriller and to ground it with a lot of small details we remember from our own experience using internet like you type and then you made a mistake you're retyping it you wrote something you write something and then you say oh i cannot say this i need to change or or you're sending message to the wrong person you know, like, yes, it's a, we remember, you see, you, you, you feel because you, you've been through that and uh, in all the small details, very, very pleasant, like very relatable and audience buying. By the way, audi- uh, what I understood, the, the audience more picky in screen life movies than in real movies, because in traditional movies, if I will begin this interview in a gray t-shirt and then it will end up with a blue one or red one. Probably you will never, like only a few people will get this, like, ah, there was a mistake. But in internet, when we, we screen first time the movie for the audience, and I asked them, what do you like? They said, oh, we like it. I said, but what do you don't like? Do you see any problems? And the guy said, yes, I caught a problem. I caught a mistake. Said, what mistake? She sent him an email, sent him a message, and she said, dot com, but she forgot to put dot. She put like a, a Gmail call. And I said, and what? But he answered how it could be. People, so people funny. very care because it's a world so important for them. You know, it's, this world is so important, so relatable. They're very, very specific and they're very, very uh, focused. Yeah. Well, it feels like you're making a movie about us. And then as yeah. far as like the, what they're interacting with on screen, is that 
animated? How much of that is actually manipulated by the actors in real time? How much of that is post-production and you have to animate all these sequences? It was the first time. This was an experiment. It's what we were always trying to achieve, to allow actors to interact with the screen. Because making Unfriended and Searching, I understood that the interaction with the screen, it is screen-like. And it's not about talking heads, because the biggest mistake we do when we're making screen life movies, we think it's about talking heads, you know, like a, my face reaction, whatever. But it's less impressive than the screen life, than the clicking and typing, the retyping and searching. Like your character opened the Google and typed how to commit this suicide. You understand about him everything. And then you see the list of the previous searches, and you see some lines will tell everything about what he was looking, searching for before. There are so many ways you can tell the story, even without showing the face of the actor. To be able to, to make this movie right, I decided that we will create the interface, we'll create the interactive, uh, real interface, and it will allow actors to interact with interface. And we'll record face reactions and the screen at the same time. And it was a, it was a secret of profile. It's why profile is very realistic and nuanced, because there is a sync between character and the, his screen life. And by the way, I don't know if you understood this, you feel that the screen is like your inner hood. We are not hiding things from our screens. If you see my screen, my like, you know, if somebody will, if somebody stays behind you, you're trying to hide your, your, your screen instinctively. You're trying to hide because it's you. It's your innerhood. And traditional cinema cannot achieve this because you need a voiceover. <laughs> you need somebody saying, I was staying in the, in the darkness, smoking cigarettes and thinking about the, something you know you, you need to uh, verbalize it but screen life is more cinematic because you don't need to verbalize you can just show the screen and character behavior on the screen and you will understand exactly what's happening with the person in the moment one final question before we wrap just want to know a little bit about the future what's in the future for screen life is it going to be another unfriended film are you going to return to that or how do we evolve it uh, we are finishing uh, big movie with Ice Cube and Eva Longoria. It'll be crazy, post-apocalyptic, alien invasion, disaster movie in screen life. Oh, that's incredible! We have a screen life project in different genres. We shot Romeo and Juliet, and it was premiered at Sundance, Shakespeare in screen life. Uh, it'll be released soon, and we are producing movie, a uh, screen life movie called Resurrected, about the Vatican Church invented invented technology how to resurrect people in this whole stepping in screen life. And I will probably I will ask to send you the few episodes of the project we call uh, I Bible. It was premiered at the South by Southwest. It's a Bible. It's an old testimony told through the screen of the God, whatever. <laughs> it was called cool for your audience to see how it plays. It means my goal is to convince as many people as possible to experiment and to explore the world of screen life and to try 
things and to express yourself and to understand yourself better. Excellent, Tamir. Man, thank you so much for your time today. Yes. We could talk all yes, day to you, man. You. You're a master. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. That was the Vuku Podcast, episode 230. Special thanks to our guest, Tamir Bekmambatov. Follow him at Bekmambatov Tamir on Instagram. The time of release, his exceptional new thriller profile is in theaters now. Don't miss it. Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it is the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.